0: Joining us in studio with a thing or two to say about these issues, State
1: Representative Walter Hudson. Good morning, sir. Good morning, John. How are we doing? Well, you know, usually I say fantastic, (laughs) and usually you call me on it and say, get out of here. You're not. There's no way. And uh, I got to say, it it is getting more and more difficult to get up in the morning and go down there and face this nonsense, because we are circling the drain as a state.
0: How much responsibility, maybe, maybe responsibility isn't the right word. Let me, uh, let me approach this question based off of comments from a lot of talk backers when I get into these issues. And we can talk about a couple of these. I was just covering the, uh, what in my opinion is a pure legislative propaganda move of forcing Kia and Hyundai to recall their vehicles when Kia and Hyundai are already doing everything that they need to do to ensure the safety of their, you know, the purchase of the other automobiles. Be that as it may, we get, People that call in or leave a talk back and they say, well, this is what the people voted for. I'm not convinced of that. How much responsibility do you put on the individuals that voted these people into power based off of what was said in the last um, uh, election? Do you think the vast majority of DFL voters that this is really what they wanted and what's happening right now in this legislative session?
1: No, no, I I don't think it's I mean, there's a sense in which. Yeah, you, know, you could parse out the language, right? I mean, the election results are what they are, and they are a result of people's choices in the election booth. There's no doubt about sure. that. Um, but in terms of intention, in terms of what you had in mind and what you were envisioning when you made that decision, I think very, very few people, the the furthest radical left fringe, um, had any of this in mind, the idea that we're going to ban 80 percent of our energy production, um, the idea that we're going to have the most extreme abortion legislation, not just in the nation, but on planet Earth. Mm-hmm. OK, um, in this version of the multiverse, this is the worst abortion policy that exists. Um, and you know this nonsense, all, all the nonsense, you go down the list of all the things. None of this is what my in-laws who voted for a Democrat here and there, sure. what they had in mind, what they thought they were getting when they made that choice. Uh, and so the, the task before us and the task that I'm engaged in on a daily basis is letting people know what they purchased, which th- that's the irony in this, right? So when I, I was listening to you talk about the whole Kia Hyundai thing <laughs> and the notion of buyer beware, the the notion that when you, when you engage in a transaction, you should know right. what it is that you're buying. Right. Right. Um, and and if you don't, if there's been some sort of fraud in the process, like we have lemon laws, right? You purchase a vehicle, it's portrayed as functioning a certain way, and it doesn't function that way. That's fraud. And we can go after that. That's not the case with this Kia and Hyundai thing. But we do have that concept is in the law. In a similar sense, you have a lemon law situation with the Democrats. As a party, mm-hmm. people are did not get what they thought they were buying with their vote in November. This is not it. You actually, you if you look at, and we saw it, certainly the abortion debate was a prime example of when you would talk to people anecdotally who identify as pro-choice and you would ask them, do you mean third trimester, partial birth abortion, tearing babies apart? Is that what you mean? And they would say, no, that's horrendous. Of course, we don't want to do that. But that's what they did. Mm-hmm. Right. So there, there is this disparity between what people thought they were getting, what they're actually getting. And our job is to highlight that, point that out and clarify it so that the next time around next year, 2024, um, we can have we can present people with a more informed version of what their choices are. Well, and for what it's worth. And to that point,
0: uh, to try to be as optimistic as possible and encouraging, you know, it was the, it was the late Andrew Breitbart um, who said often that, you know, culture and I include pop culture in that as well is upstream of, of politics. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for those that have been paying close enough attention, there's been, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday as well. There's been an interesting sort of turn in culture against A lot of the woke that's out there, you know, including the uh, look for for what it's worth and for how many people may watch it or not watch it. The Chris Rock special on Netflix Mm -hmm. is just it it is. It is a special, um, devoted almost exclusively to sort of anti-woke culture where he does, he takes no no prisoners uh, with that. And I could go through a slate of other examples that we've seen as of late of those on the left who I don't believe their ideologies have full, fully changed, but we have seen them be rational as it relates to what's happening within the culture right now. Um, and I, I tend to think that things will begin shifting that way, which makes what you're doing and other individuals yeah. within the legislature all that more important right. while you're – Somewhat helpless now to do anything. um, There will be I I pray there is and I believe there will be a shift within the culture um, because the left does typically overreach and it takes longer to get back to sort of a middle harder to get back to a center right. But there are indicators out there that we will be shifting back that direction.
1: I see it all over the place. I see it especially on on YouTube, which may seem like an odd place to point to. But, you know, I follow a number of different channels where it's, it's young people. It's people younger than me who are reverse engineering civilization. And by that, I mean they're taking a look at the world that they live in, the world that we are handing them. And they're looking at their own lives. And I'm not talking about kids here. I'm talking about people in, like, their 20s, you know, early 30s. Um, so they've got a little bit of life experience under their belts and they've, they have tested all these premises that have been spoon fed to them throughout their public education and through the culture. And they are finding the results to be wanting. They're like, why is everybody sad? Why is everybody depressed? Why does nothing work? Why are we poor? Why is what, why is nothing functioning? Why is nothing working? And they're, they're, they're working through the problem from the ground up. That's why I say the reverse engineering mm-hmm. civilization and they're coming to, th- through their own process to a lot of the conclusions that we attribute to things like the Enlightenment. Right. You know? <laughs> sure. And like sure, the, the, sure. Si- the scientific revolution. <laughs> right. right. Like, all all th- those basic acknowledgments of factual reality and also social and cultural reality. A lot of the conversations have to do with relationships and marriage and dating and sexual morality and how and the broader, like, m- because the left is very focused in on just like what you have a right to do whereas these these folks I want to call them kids but like I say they're grown adults they're just younger than me um what they're interested in is what makes me happy mm-hmm. and what is what doesn't make me happy what makes me miserable and why and the, the it's kind of curious and in some ways frustrating to watch because they're putting all this effort into reinventing the wheel of just decency and normalcy and tradition well and as as a
0: species, as humans, we, we look for normalcy in our lives. We pursue that happiness and we, we seek that out. And to your point, for anybody watching what's happening right now within our culture and just seeing the sheer and utter lunacy on numerous levels, especially with what's happening to our young people, I have to remind myself that that's not going to be a key to happiness. They may be making no. decisions now, they may be aligning themselves with what has been uh, perpetuated upon them, encouraged upon them, but at the end of the day, hopefully it doesn't end in sheer another other tragedy which right. we've seen happening, but at the end of the day, it's not going to bring them happiness and they will continue to pursue happiness and I think the yes. the hope and what I pray for is that in their pursuit they will begin to eventually understand, okay, this was not my now, those, now unfortunately, with a lot of these things, which we don't need to get into, there's a lot of devastating long-term impacts to their lives that are taking place right now that are going to be near impossible to to undo. That being said, on a... On a, I think, larger scale, because I think that's a smaller percentage of, of kids that are out there that are dealing with those particular issues on a larger scale, there will continue to be this pursuit of happiness. They will not achieve it through what they're being told um, by the left. And hopefully they will eventually, as it used to be when they get out of college, out of the real world to see what life is like, that will still eventually happen, although the timeline's getting longer.
1: Yeah, it, it may be the great American inoculation um, where, because that idea of the pursuit of happiness is a uniquely and fundamentally American idea. That's what American exceptionalism is mm-hmm. in part the idea that the object, because what that phrasing does is it sets an objective for the culture and the objective for the culture is the individually defined pursuit of happiness. Happiness is subjective in the context of an individual. Groups aren't happy. People, individual people are happy. And so ultimately, at the end of the day, if your objective is to be happy, it's not going to happen as a result of the policies and the cultural direction that the left is taking us. And people are starting to notice that. Young people are starting to notice that. And it's going to go one break one or two ways. They're either going to buy fully into the woke nonsense and double down on it. And that's how we get to communist China. That's how we get to the Soviet Union. Or they're going to check themselves before we wreck ourselves. And they're (laughs) going to realize, you know what, this isn't the path to happiness. This isn't how one pursues it. You, you, You can't pursue it through legislation. You have to pursue it through judgment through choices, through relationship, through values, through community. And none of that stuff is an act of law. All of that stuff is cultural. It's personal. It's individual. It's family. It's choices. And that's what our our law should exist to uphold our capacity to
0: pursue that. Talking with uh, State Representative Walter Hudson and to the law aspect of it, <laughs> wherein, you know, the left is telling young people, this is your way towards happiness, but it's not with what the left wants to accomplish, in the DFL specifically, with the vast majority, if not all of what they've been passing, is not going to meet the results that they say that it's going to meet. Specifically, and we can go through a couple of these issues, I want to get your thoughts on the uh, passing of the $1.9 billion uh, infrastructure improvement package, but I was going over the MinnPost article on the carbon-free 2040 plan, and the, 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 the fact that one of the chief authors of the bill is already relabeling it carbon neutral, and you get into all the carve-outs that are yeah. that that are in it, which, is, which just right. proves what we talked about on the show, what Isaac Gore from Center of the American Experiment said. within Embedded in the bill, it, there's a complete and total admission yes. that what it is that they wanted to accomplish, they will not be able to accomplish. They can just buy their way out. The, the utility companies can buy their way out of having to accomplish any of these goals. And I would hope... When, when and if that is exposed to enough people, they will begin to see this charade that's being perpetuated in
1: this legislative session right now. It's a very clever fraud. They they have erected... The, the green cult, like any effective and pervasive and infecting cult, has a great recruitment program. They have a really good sell yeah. that they're offering to people. And the, the idea is... Uh, I mean, it really is a perfect analogy because they're 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 selling you on a mystical revelation that only they can provide you um, with the promise of some eternal reward uh, on on the basis of absolutely nothing, and they've got nothing to show for it. And once you buy into it, they have to they necessarily have to start engaging in gaslighting and the manipulation of your perception of reality in order to keep you in the fold. And that's what we're seeing happening. I mean, you just described it, backtracking on what it is that we're actually trying to accomplish um, with the, the the blackout bill and supposedly going carbon-free, carbon-neutral, whatever you want to call it. Um, it doesn't exist. It's fascinating to me. I, I have these back and forths with people on Twitter um, more than I should. And <laughs> the, the, the the ideas that people have in their heads of just wait and see. You know, electric cars, they might be starting on fire and leaving people stranded in the middle of the wilderness today, but they're the future, Walter. You just wait and see, right. you know, it's like, no, we have to deal with what's real now. If And plus, plus, if what you're saying is true, if there's this grand glorious future where we're all living off of fans in the sky and uh, solar panels and electric cars, if that is the future. Then why do you have to force it? Right. right. Why do you have to legislate it? Right. If it's so great, why are you putting a gun to my head and forcing me to do it? Yeah. Why can't you just present its utility? And I go, oh, wow. Yeah, that's awesome. that works great. That's much better than the gas car that I have. That's much better than the coal plant that keeps my lights on and keeps my house heated all winter. Uh, I, I'll Sign me up. I'm all for it. It is objectively better because they can't. The fact that they have to force it is the admission that it doesn't work. Yeah. A hundred percent.
0: And you, you include into that just as a, you know, getting into specifics, the lack of wanting to even look at, you know, scale down nuclear power. Right. And again, I, I'm, fine with having a conversation, I mean, and and this applies to so many different things, and we'll get into, not with you, but later on in the show, the tapes from Tucker Carlson in January 6th of what so many of us were saying all along. You know, having the totality of the conversations. Okay, if you want to talk about this, and even if you're on board and are concerned about global warming and climate change, let's look at every single available avenue that we have to change the way that we are um, going and producing and consuming power. And yet, though, we're going to conveniently go and forget this one over here, which is absolutely a total viable in our goals and if they included nuclear power within their package they probably could actually get a heck of a lot closer to what their goals actually were but to your point it's not really about what it is and it never
1: is what they say that it's about i have these i have these conversations several times a week and there a, a question keeps being presented over and over and over again which is some some variation of how do they not see this You know, why are they doing this? Don't they understand? I've asked you this before. Yeah. (laughs) And um, I finally come around to giving this answer because I think it has the answer that has the most utility. If you want to understand what the Democrats and the left more broadly are doing, you need to assume you need to to approach them with the presumption that they are the worst possible people you can imagine. (laughs) And that they're trying to do the most evil thing you can conceive of. If you approach them with the assumption that they are evil, terrible, and have horrible motives, and that the worst thing you can imagine is their goal, then everything they're doing makes sense. Be- be- clearly, if you try to take them at their word, if you try to give them any presumption of good faith, if you, if you look at something like the blackout bill. And you ask yourself, well, wait a minute, this doesn't actually do what you say it's going to do. You're not including things that are carbon free, such as nuclear, such as hydro. Like if, if you actually want to do these things, then why aren't you doing them the way we objectively know they can be mm-hmm. done? The the source of your confusion, and we've all had that moment. We had it on the House floor. We have it in public debate. The source of your confusion is that you're assuming they're good people. Right. That's the wrong assumption. Good people don't do Stupid and harmful things on purpose,
0: which is why they work so hard at vilifying conservatives as being extreme and horrible and evil people so that even if they go and they see the truth that you just spoke. Those individuals, those voters, still have an incredibly difficult time of going and voting for the opposition because they've been painted as yes. evil and horrible and awful and, and wrong. In the time that we have, I want to sneak in. We have a talk back question for you, uh, State Representative uh, Walter Hudson. Hey, John, Robbie, listening to the conversation with uh, Walter, and you know, you guys keep saying the pursuit of happiness. Yeah, it doesn't guarantee happiness. It allows for the pursuit of happiness. I think that's what the Constitution says. Life,
1: liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, not guaranteed happiness. Thanks a lot. Bye. Yeah. And I think that concept, uh, you, it would be worth your while to really meditate on that concept mm-hmm. because the, the seeming paradox there that unlocks a invaluable truth is that it is in the pursuit that you find the happiness. Exactly right. Happy. The the idea that we're going to carve out your ration of happiness and mail it to you, certified check by the state, that is impossible because the actual source of your happiness is your pursuit of it. Right. It's the 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 sense of achievement that moment that moment when you get to lean on the shovel after having dug the ditch and look at the product of your labor and take a deep breath. And then crack open a beer, right? Like, there's the sense yep. of achievement, of having having had an idea in your head and then having uh, developed a plan to achieve it and then taking the action to manifest it in reality and then sitting there alongside the work that you just did and just giving yourself a little head nod, a little pat on the back. Look at what I did. That is the money right there. That's it. You head into the Capitol right now? Unfortunately. Anything, uh, what's going on uh, today? Uh, <laughs> Let's let's just say yeah. we, we don't have enough time for me to get uh-huh, into it. Uh-huh. Let's just say, stay tuned. I might be making headlines today. All right. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Okay.
0: Any place we want to point us to? Do we want to wait? Do we want to just follow your um, feed? Do we want to y- drop me a text? I let uh, everybody else know.
1: Round about, <laughs> round about, <laughs> about twelve thirty. Okay. Uh, or one o'clock. Just Google white supremacy and Walter Hudson. Oh, okay. And awesome. And we'll, we'll see what pops up. Does it have
0: anything to do with with with? Uh, with, uh, what was your name again? I wrote it down. I had to throw it away here. With Heather Keeler? Is it? Is it?
1: No, no. Oh, okay. So the fact that you're like, is it this? And I'm like, no, that's not it. It's a different. Like, is it it's the an, other it's, thing? It's, no. it's a different. Yeah, okay. there's, there's so many different. So what it is, I'll just give you the preview. Yeah. Uh, one of our, one of our Democrat colleagues has a bill to quote unquote ban white supremacy from police. So, okay, if if you're a police officer, you can't also be a white supremacist, which would be fantastic if that's actually what it did. Okay, but it doesn't.
0: Awesome. Walter Hudson. Thank you, as always, sir. Be safe driving. We'll talk to you again uh, very soon. On the way, Tucker Carlson releases January 6 footage that, as an understatement, raises new questions. It's all coming up on Twin Cities News Talk.